Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. How's it going, Katie? Are you feeling sad that summer's almost out Oh, my end? goodness. Don't remind me, Keith. I know. <laughs> it doesn't even feel like summer, though. We just have, like, seasons, and we're just working through them. Well, it's we're in like... L.A., too, so. Also, like, you know, it, m- once Cal becomes uh, school-aged, it'll make more of a difference. Yes. Because he'll be at home with you all summer long. Yes, that's true. Got to get in Cal into every single episode of the Pop Shop. <laughs> that's right. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got an interview with Bozzy. We had a great conversation focused on his new mixtape, Soul Searching, so stay tuned for that in just a minute. Plus, we've got chart news about Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello's single Senorita, Young Thug, and Taylor Swift. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do some chart chat. First up on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello's duet Senorita rises from number two to number one scoring Sean his first number one single on the Hot 100 and Camila her second following last year's Havana featuring Young Thug. More on him in just a second. Senorita rises to the top with gains in both airplay and streams, though it was down just a little bit in sales. And with its rise to number one, it bumps Billie Eilish's bad guy down to number two after just one week at number one. Now, as always, make sure to check out all of Gary Truss' coverage uh, on billboard.com about the hot 100 he manages the hot 100 chart he's got lots of stories about uh their jump to number one and what it means and he puts it in perspective and he has some great fun facts about duets at number one and even something about all those number two songs that we thought were going to be blocked behind old town road and now they're not anymore after Billie eilish and old town and and sean and camila so go check it out uh next up over on the billboard 200 albums chart Rapper Young Thug, hey, just talked about him, notches his first number one as So Much Fun debuts atop the list with 131,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending August 22nd, according to Nielsen Music. 
Now, uh, his run at number one is probably going to be short-lived because next week, (laughs) industry forecasters expect that Taylor Swift's Lover, have you heard of that album, should debut at number one uh, with perhaps over 750,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending August 29th. Now, if Lover starts atop the list, it will mark Swift's sixth number one album and... As I said earlier regarding Sean and Camila, make sure to stay tuned to Billboard.com throughout the week as uh, we monitor the progress of Lover in its march towards number one, and uh, just to see how big Lover will be next week. All right, well, now it's time for our interview with Bozzy. The singer and songwriter just celebrated more than two billion on-demand streams for his songs earned in the United States of America, according to Nielsen Music. Thanks to hits like Beautiful and Mine. And now he's got a new mixtape that just came out called Soul Searching. In our interview with Bozzy, we talk about the project and its meaning. Uh, we have a really great discussion, you know, kind of all about like genre and defining genre and how it's really difficult these days. It's trust me, it's interesting. Um, we also talk about song length and how, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to how long a song has to be. I mean, if you want to geek out, we're, we totally geek hmm. out in this in this chat. Um, We also talk about his musical upbringing and how he first sort of learned how to play guitar and and a lot more. It's a great chat. So take a listen to our interview with Bozzy. Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Bozzy. Hello, hello. How are you? Here I am. I'm good. How are you? I am swell. Um... I want to start this off by just kind of setting the scene in sort of where you're at right now in your career. Um, In the past year or so, you've scored two top 40 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Your album hit the top 20 on the Billboard 200. And I don't know if you know this, but just two weeks ago, your catalog of songs in the United States surpassed 2 billion on-demand streams. Crazy. According to Nielsen Music. That's just in the U.S. That's just in the U.S. That's not global. Insane. Did you know that? I actually didn't know that. That was just in the U.S. That's crazy. And now uh, your new mixtape, Soul Searching, came out uh, on August 9th. Congratulations yeah, on that. Thank you so much. Um, uh, you know, you called it a mixtape. Yeah. Why did you want to call it a mixtape instead of an, an album? Yeah. Pretend like um, listeners of this won't really know what the difference <laughs> the is. I got it, like, I got what's, it. like, what's the intent yeah. there? I think for me, historically, a mixtape has always been a very cohesive story. Mm. I think it's very mixtape. Mixtapes kind of point to the roots, and that's what Soul Searching was. It's a lot about, you know, how I grew up and how I think and my own personal struggles as uh, Cosmic felt a little bit more commercial. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I wanted to do that so people would look at the entire project rather than, you know, look for a couple star tracks that are singles or whatever it is. I wanted people to really hear my story and, and listen to it like that. So That's so weird because I think a lot of people would kind of describe it almost... Not not necessarily in the reverse, but, you know, like Adele will say, like, my new album, you know, 21 is about, you know, when I turn 21. So, yeah. it's, you know, I think it might be sort of the perception that people have where maybe like you viewed mixtapes as more of a personal thing. But now maybe where you're at sort of in this industry, maybe an album is sometimes seen as like a really kind of commercial thing, yeah. with a bunch of singles. Exactly. A collection yeah. of singles. That's really interesting. Yeah. Like, it's funny how like the two words have kind of morphed in their meetings recently exactly this is the stuff that we obsess over but like a mixtape is something somebody like you know on venice beach might like like sell for four bucks or something and it's like they're it feels to me it feels a bit more homegrown which Mm -hmm. i like just like what you just said it's somebody it it feels like scratch started 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like this is like this is the root and this is the the dirt and existence of like where I am or mm-hmm. like what what I came from, which is I love that. I think that's really cool. Um you tweeted about how it's quote composed of pain, passion and soul. Uh was there a specific concept or goal in mind, you know, regarding the project? I know you already said it's very personal, but it yeah. seems like I mean, I don't want to say it, but there's certain tracks that have certain lyrics that make me think, oh, I think it's about this. Yeah. But was the intention to tell a specific kind of story? Um, I think the story I was telling was a very broad one, which is just my life. So there wasn't any specific like elements or, you know, tastes and flavors I was trying to stick to. Um, it was just kind of like like the sub general like consensus of, of myself in my life. Um, and it's it was a conscious decision though songs because I had a bunch of songs that I didn't put on the project mm. um, because they didn't fit the story and the the relevance of the music. So hmm. yeah, on the mixtape, and I think sort of in general, you know, you're straddling different genres, um, and you know, a lot of press material put out about you by your label has described you as R and B pop, and then this mixtape is a blend of pop R and B and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to define genre right now. Yeah. I'm like Post Malone, for example, is kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah. We had a long conversation about him earlier. Um, you know, do you see do you do you see yourself as a certain kind of artist making a certain genre of music, or are you just like I make music and wherever yeah, it fits? Absolutely not. I see myself as, as just an artist. I, mm-hmm. I don't even see myself. I mean, I, I obviously clearly see myself as a musician, but. Um, Man, I'm just having fun with it. I, I I like to make stuff that sounds good to myself. Like that was like all of Cosmic was composed of songs that I never even thought I'd put out. I was just making studio in the studio with a really good friend of mine making songs that I like to listen to that I play for my friends and we would all listen to. There was no like commercial appeal to it or I hope people are going to like this or I hope it will fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like the uniqueness came and I think um there's so many there's a million things you can do making music today. It's impossible to like box everything and be like, this belongs here. This sounds like that. That's why genres are like, make no sense now. It's like Post Malone's a rapper, but he's actually never rapped before. Like he's never spit like a bar. You like, know what I'm saying? We were wondering, we're like, you know, you rap on this record. Yeah. Like I'm actually, do you, do you think yeah. of yourself as a rapper who sings or do you just happen to be a singer who sometimes raps? Yeah. Or do you I, even think of that? No. Like, so I, think about I, it. I, I actually, do I do. I, yeah, I do. I do think about it. Cause it, you know what I'm saying? Like when people like to like write out the little press releases and a clear headline, it's very confusing. Producer Dumb people like billboard asking you these questions. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but, um, yeah, I think it's like, man, one day, like I, I've always, I've loved like, the clean rock sound of like all American rejects. And I always think one day I'm going to like, like take that and like run with it and do some stuff like that. Like, I think it's fun, man. I think people have success in music and create the fear of trying new things and create the fear of moving away from what's already working. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really sad. And that's why I try and not focus on the accolades because, you know, sometimes by taking those risks, you may, you know, lose something you've created or something that, it's like you're selling people a product and you start selling something different. People are like, we like that. We like the soap. We don't want shampoo. But so it's like, if, if you define yourself by a genre, then you pigeonhole yourself as being someone who has to make hip hop. Or has someone to who make has something. To make. Yeah, exactly. I th- well, yeah. I was going to say, when you look at like Top 40 Radio too, they're it's not playing the Yeah, just one you know, quote unquote genre. It it's all coexisting together. You yeah. hear a Post Malone song followed by an Ariana Grande song or yeah. whatever. So. Exactly. Ariana Grande is like rapping on her own Yeah, track, exactly. for sure. Exactly. Exactly. I th- it, it's, it's just, it's so different now where you can do I think it's you know at, to your point you know if you 
don't sort of come out of the gate as a certain quote-unquote kind of artist, then maybe there's more acceptance or freedom you know, for you to be embraced by all sorts of different people. Exactly. Um, yeah, I want to make... Which I is mean, great. I want to make music for everybody. Like, I'm like, once again, it's like if I was looking at myself as like a business and I'm like trying to sell a product to a specific Bobby demographic, Inc. like that's not how I think. You know, right. I, I'm, I make music that I love. I think I'm a tasteful person. I jump from listening to Prince to Luke Bryan to uh, Beastie Boys. Like, I have no like specific taste when it comes to music and i think that people should be more open to that idea which is how i approach my music those you know? two of those artists explicitly uh def, you know were very uh you know sort of redefined what we thought of them you know prince started off as an r&b artist but then suddenly he makes incredible rock music but then he yeah. has like pop moments and then he makes yeah. like full-on like dance like yeah. house jams exactly beastie boys started off as like sort of a weird novelty hip-hop yeah. act and then yeah. everyone was just like wait now you're making rock music literally rock but you yeah. can still do rap but still it's like what are you doing to us music. yeah i was listening to uh man what project was it it was the big one that like the biggest one they had the one with no the, the, the first, oh, licensed ill yeah licensed ill i was listening to it with a friend and we were just like once again trying to put a finger on it and it's like it was the coolest thing trying to do that because it's impossible yeah like, it just doesn't even make sense which is cool and that's what art should feel like i think it should feel um foreign you know that's what art is about is creating that perspective and when you think you know something you think you see it but when it's far away from you you can see it actually clear so yeah, that's cool. It feels like streaming allows a lot of those things to live together yeah. way yeah. easier For than sure. they ever did before. It's like everything, sure. everything is like a mood, you know. Yeah. It's like you don't like have to turn the radio. Before, dial. if you had a record store, I mean, you couldn't put up like people are going there with like you have to, you can't, you know, scroll and click. It was it was much more difficult. You had to purchase something. So if you put something pop in a hip hop section, people would be furious. It's like mm. I like the cover. You know what I'm saying? Why does it sound like this? Like, well, you also need a way literally just to categorize things yeah. to yeah. make it easier to find stuff in a store. Yeah. I think it's super interesting on the mixtape. There's 11 tracks. Only one of them is actually over three minutes long. Yeah, it's three minutes and four seconds. Did you intend on making like super short songs or was it just you going, no, I think the song's done now? Yeah. No, it's never like an intention. I've never ever. Because Tool just put yeah. out a 10 minute long song that charted. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, yeah. It's insane. Um, wow. That's, how you, that's the, the entire length of your mixtape. Like, yeah, that's the, yeah, maybe double. Uh, <laughs> no, I've never, uh, I've never ever made a song being like, this has got to be short. It's just, it's just how I have this like subliminal song structure in my brain, mm-hmm. and it always turns out like that. It was funny because when Humble Beginnings was three minutes and four seconds, and we were like, "Whoa, the long how one. did that happen? Like, it's crazy <laughs> it to be over three. Like I'm just scratching my head at it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't know. It's just how I, how I like to listen. I like to finish songs when I listen to them. Like a cool that tool ten minute song is probably sick, and there's probably a lot of great stuff. That it's happens, probably amazing, but. Okay. but uh, I just I couldn't sit through that. I'm so like when I play music in a car, that's not me. Like I'm like a DJ. Like, I'm minute and a half of a song to the next one because I feel like like people make songs long. Like that Tool song is definitely ten minutes on purpose. So respect to them. But yeah. a lot of people make a three minute and thirty second like long song because they think they have to. It's mm. like right. oh it's too short. Like let's throw a bridge in there. Like or whatever it is. Like double hook. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna like follow a st- structure. That's not creative. Extended outro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm just making up phrases now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned humble beginnings, and uh, you're from outside Detroit, as you say in the lyrics. Um, formerly Canton, Michigan. Uh, I'm from Michigan as well. I hey. see your Tigers hat. Loving it. Come on. Um, when you were growing up, uh, you know, did you what was what was your humble beginning like? Was there a lot of music in your house yeah. growing up? Uh, a bunch of music. Uh, my parents never played or did anything like that, but they put us on to a lot of cool stuff. 
Um, your I'd, parents didn't play? Like they didn't? You mean they didn't play instruments or they didn't play music? No, they the didn't house? play instruments. Okay. they were big on music though. Okay. Uh, put us on to a lot of cool stuff. Like what? Um, I mean, I remember like Elvis and Ricky Martin was like my mom's favorite. Yes. We watch a lot of Ricky Martin. There's like videos of me with like a, a hair comb, like dancing to Ricky Martin. Like Live and Love Vida Loca, Ricky Martin. Literally, yeah, that's uh, him. Or like Menudo, uh, Mickey Martin. I don't know Menudo. Like the boy band. Oh, oh no, 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 Live and Love Vida. He was okay. like yeah. a toddler yeah. when you were like Live two when Live and Love Vida Loca was yeah, out. Two exactly, three, yeah. it, was, it was a hit. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and they put us on to cool stuff like that. Me and my brother just fell in love with it. It was just, it was it. Like I won't second i could talk i was like guitar lessons and i i got my dad got me an oud and um it's actually funny i remember i had this guitar teacher when i was five this guy is like insane and so i heard good riddance by green day and it was like the first song i learned how to play it's super simple and i came in and i went home that night and i i wrote a song on the guitar Mm. and it was pretty much good riddance except i had like moved like one chord around (laughs) and i came in and i was i was so excited to show my guitar teacher this weird man teaching me in his garage whatever it is and i play him this lick and he's like that's good riddance by green day you're copying it and he like screamed at me i was like holy shit person blowing me up um yeah he's like he screamed at me i was like problem five like you should be oh good job man i'm like right it was crazy Encourage my take on this. I'm not looking out for the lawsuit. Uh. On Humble Beginnings, um, you say, quote, nothing doesn't make you who you are because money buys designer shit to wear over your scars. Designer shirts to wear over your scars. Sorry. Yep. Genius has messed up a lot of the lyrics oh, on my really? album. You knew that I went to well, Genius. We can fix that. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fix it yeah, right here and now with this podcast. Humble Beginnings. Money buys designer shirts to wear over your scars they just wanted you to cuss more yeah right they just wanted you to cuss more I've seen so many we gotta have someone on that I called you about that yesterday and and this is also making me look stupid because I actually did listen to it we listened to the damn (laughs) mixtape and it's making it seem like we didn't I believe you I believe you Um, but you do say grateful for it all but my wealth is in my heart correct yeah (laughs) I did say that Um, is that is, is that sort of mantra is that message something that you learned like from growing up or is that something that you kind of learned the hard way when you have started to get successful in the past definitely years. The, definitely the hard way hmm. um i mean it's crazy you're taught to consume consume and it's like money know, changes you, everything yeah and you chase this just american dream of being wealthy and uh i think this project i talk about it a lot on this project it was important to me to start spreading the message that that has nothing to do with your internal happiness it hmm. actually makes it more difficult because you're raised on this idea that it will make you complete and then you get it and you're like why am i still so empty why do right. i feel more empty and I felt like it was so important because, like, I've had the most validation out of, you know, having a cool interaction with a stranger. You know what I'm saying? Or or somebody doing something genuinely nice in front of me out of, out of just the goodness of their heart. Those are the things that have made me the happiest. Um, and just getting it, you realize how, like, you know, you realize things just can never do that for you. Because it's like you sit in a car and then, you know, it's so cool. It's like, wow, I got a, I got a Bentley, for instance. And it's like sick like tan interior it's so cool it's so cool and then like a month later you, you know you realize you're still stuck in traffic with everybody else <laughs> going to the same place as everybody else the bentley doesn't just yeah. like rise it doesn't up just and rise up and fly traffic. away you're still in the traffic <laughs> it's, still, it's a, you know you get used to the tan interior you start thinking Man, maybe a red one will look and it's uh. like you realize that that's a it's a bottomless pit there's mm. no end to that so i just realized that you know nice things are fun like i like them i like nice things like a hundred percent but it's not even a percent of who I am. I'd be completely happy without any of it. You kind of mentioned this already, um, it's kind of the subject matter 
uh, of kind of being humble uh, and the fame and the success. And you echo that again um, in conversations with myself on the album. Um, where the mixtape. On the mixtape. <laughs> Come on, man. Corey, get them. Get it together. <laughs> Hit them. Um, we were both wondering how much of that was just like improv at the moment because the first half of the song seems like it was rhyme structure. Yeah. But then the second half is just you kind of, I feel spoken like it was just spoken word pontificating. Yeah. Was that really just you It talking? really was. So basically we had recorded the first half of that record. Um, and then we had this bit. And I set, the second I listened back to the first half, I was like, I need to speak here. I was mm. like, I have to speak there. Hmm. And we had the record done for actually like three or four weeks before I did it. Because I wanted to wait for a moment where I, I could just like first... And it definitely wasn't in the studio. I just, like, grabbed my voice note. Like, it was one day in New York, and I, like, ran in my bed. I finally felt the urge to say what, how, and, like, articulate it how I, exactly I wanted to say it. Mm. And I just went in the bedroom, and I just first, and we literally. Is that what you use? Is that, that what you use, the actual yeah, recording? I use the actual recording. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have it on this phone. So the, 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 the song that people hear on the mixtape is actually you recording your own voice onto your phone, yes. and that is that the same audio. Yes. is, in fact, I'm, very personal. I'm pretty sure wow. I have it on this. I mean, having to try to recreate Turns out this that. Is all a lie. <laughs> no, yeah. having to try to recreate that would be so unnatural, yeah. too. Like, trying to get the same, also, say frankly, the same thing. Frankly, the audio quality was pretty great. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> shout out iPhone. Let's like, see if I can find it real quick. It's like Apple suddenly in the recording studio business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, might be is that where most of the songs start for you? Like, do you just like do a voice note real quick when you think of a rhyme or a lyric or a moment and you save it for oh, later? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's it's interesting. Like, I'm like an idea just hit me today. Uh, it's really funny just because it's like sometimes it'll be like a melody will just literally fly into my brain. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And it's like, you know that feeling when it's a song is stuck in your head mm-hmm. that's how most songs come to me it'll be like a melody gets stuck in my head like one i'll just hum like your own melody, my your own own melody, melody. Yeah. and then i'll like and that's what's happening right now it's super funny but this is inspired by the story on the plane yesterday but uh yeah a lot of it is voice notes i mean it's just like i i wait to make music i wait for music to find me i never try and find music um because you you chase it and you uh, you strangle it. And music's a beautiful thing. Like it's it's. I feel like when people who have like the mentality like I'm gonna work as hard as I can to make an album. Like I think that's the dumbest. Literally, <laughs> can I swear in this podcast? Yeah, yeah, of course. I feel like it's the dumbest shit ever. It's like I'm in a studio every day and literally work 15. Like that. How? That's like you're building a science project or playing. You're not building something creative and mm. beautiful. So I'll wait. I'll wait weeks. Sometimes I won't make music until something hits me. I'm like, mm. oh, I love that. Like, I'm going to go work on that. Right. Um, and that's why, like, 100% of the music I make comes out because I never, like, guess on records. Like, I hope this is going to be cool. Like, right. I'll, I only make stuff I know is going to be great. Otherwise, it wouldn't make it. Let's try to make a hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No. That never. seems like the perfect note to end on. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, that's, you just defined, like, you know, your your method of making music. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get deeper than that, yeah. honestly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Bozzy, for yeah. coming yeah. in Thanks today. We really appreciate me. it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. I just had to let you know your Thanks again to Bozzy. Such a great chat. And we are looking forward to even more music. Maybe another album after this mixtape. We'll see. Series of mixtapes. <laughs> and now it's time for the chart stat of the week. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Five years ago this week, 
the Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Volume 1 album <laughs> topped the Billboard 200 chart for a second week. On the list dated August 30th, 2014, the hits-filled album full of classic tracks that everyone knows and loves held at number one for a second and final week on the list. Guardians of the Galaxy is an especially notable number one album because it was the first number one soundtrack where the whole album was composed of previously released songs. All of its tunes were released between the late 1960s and the late 1970s, and most of them were chart hits on the Billboard Hot 100. The album and its music play an important role in the movie. They're all on a mixtape, an actual cassette tape, in the main character's Walkman, and you see this cassette and the Walkman throughout the entire film. Well, that's going to make sense even more in just a second, mm-hmm. I trust, trust me. The album has gone on to sell 2.4 million copies in the United States, and thanks to how the music plays such an important role in the movie itself, and how it was seen on a cassette in the movie, the eventual commercially available cassette edition of the soundtrack has gone on to sell 61,000 copies in the U.S., which... Trust us, that's an enormous figure for a cassette album, which is essentially a dead format hmm. of music. Uh, so there you have it. Five years ago this week, Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Volume 1 hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. What kind of feeling? I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. All right, we are at the end of our shoe. Any parting words? Oh, man. Summer. Bye, Summer. Summer. See ya. Um, what song should we go out on? Oh, let's go with uh, Summertime by, by Fresh Prince. DJ Jesse Jeff and yeah. the Fresh Prince. See you guys next time. Bye. Here it is, a cool, slightly trans. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.